Todd Caldwell. Yes, sir. I have never been more excited to ever do one of these things with anyone ever in my life, period, in a story. <laughs> Probably won't so turn anyways. out that way for you, but we'll try. We'll visit as I drop my wife off at her car, and we were in around making farm visits today. How about that? Hey, tell little boy I said hey. Hey, little boy. Todd Caldwell says hello. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Chase, yep, mm-hmm, 10-4. <laughs> Matt Lautner, coming to you live from Des Moines, Iowa, on the way home from Southern Iowa Day in uh, Southern Iowa with Mrs. Michelle Lautner making farm visits, and I finally got Todd Caldwell on the show, and let's just say, if you're talking about the Mount Rushmore of club calf traders over the last 30 or 40 years, 30 years anyways, since I started to become active and aware in the mid-90s, Todd Caldwell's easily on the list. Probably one of the top two or three for sure. I mean, and there is no leader. They are just the Todd Caldwell, the Dave Geyer, and the Steve Bonham. They are the uh, top dogs of my generation. Here's my personal story about Todd Caldwell and the National Western Stock Show. We had a little steer called Donnie that uh, my family showed a time or two in the winter. And then... uh, because we can't get them right for them big ones like Todd Caldwell can. We we uh, sold them to Todd mid-season, and they took him. Maybe had uh, Brandon Jones's daughter show at Elma Beef Expo, third overall champion Maine. Everything was looking so good, and then they went and canceled freaking Denver that year. <laughs> yes, they did. And that sucked. <laughs> that, that was a that was a good animal. He really was. Yeah. Really good calf. Ended up, uh, just to tell the complete story, ended up buying him back from you and uh, feeding him out. And I believe the story goes that Mr. Blake Bloomberg liked him real good at uh, Illinois Beef Expo. Uh, he was one of the show organizers there, helped run the ring. And then he judged the Sioux Falls show and used him fourth overall. And that was an incredibly tough show uh, with the COVID rules. Uh, a lot of those steers that were canceled a lot of those steers that were at okc ended up drifting up to the sioux empire show and i mean as tough of a sioux empire as i've ever been to and i mean it wasn't just a slam dunk for us to make the top five but we did get fourth overall and i guess just to be honest if todd caldwell would have fed that one and got him ready for denver i bet he could have won the show he was a good calf even in my barn and we don't know what we're doing as good as todd caldwell uh, he, he was a good calf. That was pretty disappointing that year uh, yeah. uh, for them not to have Denver. But, hey, that's the way it goes. They're back rolling now. My favorite part of these shows is just the old stuff that I wouldn't know anything about. So could we start with how you got your start? I believe there's a man by the name of Jeff Adams, right? Wasn't there? Uh, that yep. Yep. got your start. Uh, maybe in, uh, just fill the audience in and myself about your, your humble beginnings and the growth of your business, and I mean, this is going to sound like a silly question, but I've got to ask it. When did you know that you just weren't another guy that could evaluate livestock? Uh, when did you know you were Todd Caldwell? And I mean, when did you know that you could inflict your will on the market and win shows at a higher rate the more aggressive you were? Uh, just tell us about your beginning, I guess. I, I actually went to Purdue. We showed steers my whole life, won a lot of breeds at the Indiana State Fair, I uh, never fortunate enough to get Grand Reserve. My sister, I would have would have given my left and right arm to 
to get a piece of the Indiana State Fair uh, Grand Reserve, but never did. And, and that's okay because I think we've, since then, we, we've been able to make a lot of other dreams come true at that particular state fair. And, you know, I, I want to win any state fair we go to, but that one will always be near and dear to me because it's where I grew up. And, you know, to this day, walking into that Coliseum in Indiana that, you know, still get the goosebumps, you know. And uh, mm -hmm. I think Brandon and I figured up one day, I think the last 15 years, I think we've won that state fair 10 or 11 times, nine times. Hell, I know the Wilcox family alone did it four uh, with steers from us. And I think mm -hmm. Brumball's done it twice, the Maxwell, the Shireman. Uh, you know, so we, we've been pretty dang lucky there, but I don't really attribute it that much to luck as having badass families that, that know what, what, so, what, how to take care of them. So what, uh, year approximately would you have graduated from Purdue and did you immediately start selling a few or did you go to work for that Jeff Adams or uh, graduating from Purdue, got a degree in ag ed, taught ag for a year at the high school where I went from. Clinton Central High School in Michigan. I didn't know that. That's awesome. You were Mr. You were Mr. Caldwell. But, we but just no. left off at Mr. Caldwell. He taught Todd Caldwell taught ag for a year at a high school. I did not know that until just now. Yeah. Clinton Central High School, where I actually that's a high school where I grew up uh, attending and uh, there was a three, you know, there was a three-man ag teacher program. It was a, it was a big program for a small school. The school, mm -hmm. the, the, the FFA itself had a tremendous amount of success. And I didn't dislike what I was doing, but I, just something was missing. I knew I wanted, and, and hey, to be honest, I knew what I always wanted to do. I just didn't have the balls to do it. Uh, you know, didn't think that maybe I could make a living doing that, you know, doing the, the, the steer trade thing or cattle trade thing and uh about midway through that first year of teaching school jeff adams called and i don't know you know how many generations old it would take to remember jeff but back in the day you know that would have been in the what early 90s and mm -hmm. jeff jeff was kind of the man i, I mean he was uh he was selling a lot of really good steers and winning a lot of state fairs and uh you know, winning shows in Texas. So I thought that was an awesome opportunity. So I ended up finishing up my year of teaching and uh, then went to work for Jeff. Uh, and he was in Illinois or Indiana, Todd? He was in Bloomington, Illinois, uh, okay. Leroy, Illinois, actually. I'm sure when you travel across 74, you, you see the Leroy exit there on the east side of Bloomington. Cool. Uh, but worked there for Jeff for a couple years. And uh, then he decided to... to uh, to, to hang it up and so I about then I had met my what is now my wife uh, and ended up marrying her and moving to Illinois to Elmwood and kind of got my start uh, there then my dad and grandpa my grandpa was and everybody's proud of their folks and grand folks or whatever but he was pretty darn sharp uh, he actually made a living trading livestock uh, not show stock, but he made a living trading livestock. It was, he was pretty cool. amazing. He would drive into a place and, and buy a set of feeder cattle and they wouldn't even weigh him. He'd guess the way he would buy them off of, you know, his hedged weights and pretty amazing, really. I mean, never forget, he, he come home one time with a load of peacocks 
a bumper pull trailer load of peacocks <laughs> that he had bought and he ended up selling those and he traded a lot of horses uh so yeah it's pretty amazing that uh, that's you know you could make a living just trading livestock and 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 he dang sure did and, but he was he was very very and my dad's very sharp as well but my grandpa was uh he was next level sharp when it come to livestock and, and evaluation i cool. thought just talking about the early years over there at elmwood i believe that you worked or have sold some out of your father-in-law's show barn and you in the last 10 or 15 years built a barn or maybe you've always had it uh over at your own place too but uh i guess back in the day brandon jones at one point kind of worked for you and then at some point he went back home or he got married or whatever the scenario is and now he's farming but you guys are still working together can you just talk briefly about uh, the element of how you met brandon jones and uh how many years he was quote unquote working for you and now you guys kind of trade together a little bit or whatever and, and that's just my understanding if i've got any of that wrong go ahead and correct me nope you're exactly right when i first moved over my uh, i did everything out of my father-in-law's barn uh, that very first year i think i bought 15 head um he didn't have a clipping room or a cooler room or a, you know, washroom or anything and uh, washed all those calves out underneath the tree. And if you ever go there, you'll, you'll see the tree and the corral and the chute that I used and would wash, blow them and clip them all in the same chute. Uh, didn't have anybody that really worked for me, but on the weekends, uh, Eric Bedino, which Eric would have been still a young scrapper would come and help on the weekends and, Sean Peeper, a lot of you probably remember Peeper from working at Sullivan's mm -hmm. all those years. Uh, but he was working for a fertilizer company uh, not far from me. So he would come and help on the weekends. And uh, so that's how we kind of did it the, the very first year. And eventually, you know, got things, you know, got a cooler room built of my father-in-law's and a clipping room and a washroom and all that. And uh, then just eventually moved, uh, moved over. I wanted to build a place at my house. Uh, that was more convenient for the kids once they started showing. I didn't want them, you know, have to worry about, and it's only two miles from my place to my father-in-law's, but you guys know how it is. It's a lot easier for the kids just to walk down a lane or yeah. ride the four-wheeler yeah. down the lane to do their mm -hmm. work. I think Brandon, and God, he could probably tell you, I'm getting terrible with details or remembering dates, but I think he worked for us for about 10 years. Uh, then he ended up marrying uh, Kathy Miller, uh, which is Alan and Kathy Miller, PVF Angus, and moved to Gridley and uh, kind of does the Angus thing. I think he runs a farming operation for PVF now, and then we still trade all our, all our steers together. It's been, it's, it's been a good deal. We just keep everything 50-50. Every steer we buy, we buy together, and, and uh, so every, all the money we make, we split, and all the mistakes we make we split the mistakes as well so but, uh, the one that i'd like to start with is kevin heath uh in the early 2000s i wouldn't even remember which year it was maybe three four five somewhere in there you bought uh me and you and aliak bought a, a red uh heat wave steer from don't remember the cow but a red heat wave steer from kevin heath heath in the spring and basically I think you must have just been doing us a favor, Todd, because we didn't have a whole lot to do with that calf. You traded him to Patty Vickland, and 
I think that steer wins the badger kickoff or goes reserve. Which one was it? I think he was reserve. I know he did win the Illinois. That was when the Illinois Beef Expo was still open. And he yeah. did win the Illinois Beef Expo that year. Tyler Cates judged. Yeah, that, that camp was pretty special. I, I don't know when it started and when it ended, or maybe you don't remember either. But I do know in the early 2000s through the mid-2000s, if you went to a calf show and you didn't get your ass kicked by Patty Vickland, then uh, you probably weren't going to very many shows because you and her were a dynamic duo and uh, uh, just won a whole lot. I mean, I don't know the stats. I know that there was just a lot of Purdue AGRs, Kentucky Beef Expos, Nebraska AGRs that uh, Patty Vickland's kiddos were showing the calves and you were the one that was finding them. And uh, I guess... Uh, can you just give the ballpark on the range and on the number of years you might have worked with Patty and her kids? We had a lot of fun uh, watching those kids grow up. And, uh, yeah, they, they won a lot of shit. Uh, but they should have. I mean, Patty was going out and buying the very best ones that we could find to buy. And they were busting their butts on them. And, uh, and uh, you know, so they should have been. But, God, she, they showed a lot of good calves. I mean, some of my even to this day, some of, a couple of my favorite fat steers, or one of them especially, was one that they had showed. Uh, oh, it was a heat wave from Timmy Holm. Uh, and God, I think he, I think he won 17 or 18 jackpot shows, and then ended up winning the Colorado State Fair. So that was one of those, one of those far and few betweens that was good as a baby and continued to be good as whole dang life. Yep. One thing I would like to mention, though, Todd, uh, you're a humble guy, but uh, you can give some people all the money in the world, and uh, they don't get those premium results every time. So, I mean, uh, take a virtual bow because you not only started with a big uh, war chest to go after the best calves in the country, but you delivered the results, and... Uh, you know, I guess uh, there's been people that spend a lot of money in the past that don't get those big wins year after year, and you set Mrs. Vickland up, Ms. Vickland up for a uh, uh, multiple-year run, and her kids had a lot of success, uh, un or matched only by just a few kids in, over the course of the last 25 or 30 years, you know, the Grady's or the Caldwell's, just like yourself. Uh, and uh, the, the, the Vickland run of the 2000s was quite the – Quite the dynamic duo teamed up with Todd Caldwell. So, oh, it was it was impressive and it was a hell of a lot of fun. It it, it really was. And hey, I'll be the first to tell you all them high dollar suckers didn't all turn out either. It's uh, I don't care who you are, mm -hmm. how much money you got, how hard you work. Sometimes you can't control Mother Nature, and with these show animals, that's what really we're trying to do is control Mother Nature. Yep. Mm -hmm. So uh, moving on into your own kids' show career. I mean, I know there's other steers that you sold over the last 10 or 15 years that have won, but just specifically for this podcast, uh, I'd like to move from Vicklin to your own kiddos. Uh, I know you have a couple of years left or maybe multiple years left with Cole, but uh, just tell us about your kids' run through the cattle, cattle deal with Olivia and Maddie was a pig shower and uh, just kind of briefly glance over for three or four minutes on your kids, uh, your family show career. Well, Madison's the oldest, and uh, 
she had absolutely no interest in the cattle for some reason. And uh, so we decided, well, we didn't decide. Uh, Grant Weisinger, a.k.a. Bubblegum, was working for us back in the day, and he decided he was going to go to his family farm, and with the help of Mark Hope, they were going to send a pig over uh, for Madison to show at the county fair. And from then on, it spiraled. I don't know if I'd call it upward or downward, but for me it was a downward spiral. Then we all got addicted <laughs> to the pig. And, uh, and had, a, had a, a huge amount of fun and a lot of success for a bunch of a dumbass hillbillies that had no idea how to tend to a show pig. Uh, I'd say we won a lot of stuff for not really knowing what the hell we were doing. Uh, but we figured it out in a hurry. Uh, I ruined several pigs because I didn't know what I was doing or how to feed them. And, and uh, it was a it was a huge learning curve for us, but the big thing was a hell of a lot of fun uh, for our family. Uh, you know, we loaded up every single weekend and went to every jackpot we could find. And you know, I, I guess that was uh, one of those you know, the first couple summers at the end of the summer as a dad that travels nonstop and has dedicated his life to helping other people's children have success i actually felt like an above average dad you know just just simply not because we won anything just simply because we spent every weekend together we'd leave on a friday evening when the kids got out of school we'd show pigs all day you know saturday all day sunday and drive home sunday night and you know couldn't wait to do it again the next weekend and uh so that that pig thing was was great it really was i i would recommend that the pig showing for, for young kids to, to any family. Uh, and I'm sure all the small species are like that as well. Uh, but yeah. we, we did have a hell of a lot of fun. And, and then Olivia come along, and, and Olivia and Cole have really enjoyed the pig thing, but it wasn't their passion like it was for Madison. You know, Olivia come along, and all she wanted to do was, was show a big, furry, fat steer. And, uh, you know, the, like anything else, when you do this for a living, you uh, – you, you have reservation whether it's the right or the wrong thing to do. And I still don't know whether it's the right or wrong thing. But my mother, you know, she told me one time when Olivia was young, and I'm like, well, I, you know, I don't know if we'll be able to show. We're selling them. And, you know, she's like, she's pretty straightforward, my mom. And she's like, really? What the hell? You're going to deny your daughter of doing something that you have lived your whole life doing and wanted to do. And then, it, you know, it kind of hit me. You know what? She's right. You know, if my kids want to do it, even though I'm selling them, they have every right in the world to be able to do it. And we just said the heck with it. And, and, and with that being said, every steer that Olivia or Cole has had success with at some point in time has had a price tag on it, except for the very first one that went to Kansas City. Uh, I never would price that calf to anybody. Um uh, yep. And I, and I turned down a hell of a lot of money for that camp. Uh, yeah. And I just made up. Just real quick, uh, just on a, on a personal uh, personal level, I just want to briefly mention, uh, we haven't really talked about this before with uh, some of the other big traders on my uh, podcast, like a Brian Martin or a, briefly a Brian Gottemiller, but uh, there's, there's a human element to what you just said in terms of, you are Todd Caldwell, but uh, just like any other family in this world, you've got a mom. 
you've got a mom and you've got a dad and uh you got a wife and you know i guess uh sometimes the persona around a character like todd caldwell or whoever it may be matt lotner uh you know sometimes we don't seem like uh Real people, but uh, th- these podcasts are good for making making us more human. But uh, that's just uh, interesting that you know you were you were running a business. You didn't know exactly what the right path forward was, but uh, your mom, Mrs. Caldwell, was like, or she just said, it's "Probably, probably needs to let them kiddos show them kids." That's uh, just the human instinct. Oh, absolutely. So. And, 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 hey, I'm still not telling you I've ever made the right decision because I don't know if I have or not as far as a business decision. But, like I said, mm-hmm. I, I know I've made the right decision as far as my kids. Um, yep. You know, and, hey, it, you know, like with Madison, if we would have forced her to show, I could see people being red-assed about that. You know, and you and I have both seen it. We've all seen it. Kids that are showing mm-hmm. to fulfill their mom and dad's fantasy. And, yep. uh, you know, and like I said, that's why I never pushed Madison to do it. You know, I, I wanted her to do it so bad. Um, yep. And I never did mm-hmm. push her to do it because I had witnessed kids doing it, like I said, to, to, to live out their, you know, so their parents could mm-hmm. live vicariously through their shoes. And, and I didn't want to be that bad. But then when Olivia come along, I knew I didn't have any choice, you know. Um, And we started out with the very first one there. Well, and I say that. I mean, and the other thing I'm going to bring up, people act like, well, just because Todd Caldwell's kid shows one, Dave Geyer's kid shows one, Steve Bonham's kid shows, they're going to win. And that's a bunch Mm -hmm. of shit. Because, you know, I think Olivia showed at the Illinois State Fair three years in a row, and I think she had – Reserve middleweight cross twice, and she had a yellow steer that Bickland's also raised the same year we had Mario, and I think he was fourth in class. So, you know, mm-hmm. just because somebody that does this for a living's child shows, that don't mean shit. Everything's still got to go right. And uh, oh, yeah. we tried our ass off for three years and, and, you know, couldn't get it done. And then, uh, you know, finally they, that, that next year, well, the end of that year is when we had Mario, the Kansas the, the first one to win Kansas City for us, and, uh, you know, then, then it seemed like our luck kind of changed with that calf. And she won some jackpot shows and stuff and, and had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, but then when, when when that heat wave we called Mario that won Kansas City come along, it seemed like everything, we kind of we caught our momentum then. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, that, that, that was I, uh... pretty cool, too. I'm sure that uh, you didn't like the post, but I always like to relate stuff to real world. And I can remember a post, and I'm going to track it down for your publicity post for this podcast. But uh, whenever your old steer went wire to wire, I believe he was, you'll have to tell me, maybe an eight or nine time undefeated champion, right? I mean, he never got beat once, did he? He would have been, he won seven jackpots and then Kansas City. So, yeah, he was. Yeah. He was never defeated. So, the, the, I mean, I was always clever, or I thought I was. I'm really not. But uh, I, was, I posted on my blog back in the day, the uh, first undefeated wire-to-wire champion since the 1976 Miami Dolphins, uh, Olivia Caldwell, 8-0 grand champion steer at the American Royal. So, anyways. Oh, I, I, rem- I remember that post. <laughs> anyways, that was a heck of a run. So, uh, just the type of year that uh, I think you started – 
you know, I, I, uh, I do take pride in my ability to remember some of those old steers, and I think you kicked him off there at maybe either Heart of It All or Kansas Beef Expo, and he just never stopped winning the whole year. So. Yeah, he won. He won both rings at Lima, then both rings at Kansas Beef Expo, both rings at Scarlet and Gray, won the I or Illinois Beef Expo, and then he never went to a ring again until Kansas City. You know, and I'll never forget, you know, that is one, I've been to a bazillion prospect shows in my life, and not just because we won it that year, but that year, that Kansas Beef Expo was insane. That that was still, to this day, the toughest jackpot show I've ever witnessed. I mean, you know, that's when I think Morrow had a real good steer that had been winning a bunch. Uh, I don't know, did, did Dylan Evans have your steer there that had won a bunch, the Monopoly? Mm-hmm out of California, Um, you know, I think Lucky Strike had a bunch there, I mean, God, there were some good stuff, and just, hey, 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 Todd, this is breaking news, by the way, since you brought up Morrow, I mean, uh, me and Jake Campbell have not always been pen pals, but uh, I have been in discussions and negotiations with Jake Campbell, and we are going to get ourselves a Jake Campbell and Kevin Morrow interview here in the next day or two, so. That'll be kind of fun, right? Marlboro so. will keep stuff interesting, I can assure you. As long as we keep the Marlboro Reds on hand, I think Kevin will be good for an hour. <laughs> yeah. The guy there was very, very good at taking care of livestock. He's a good cowboy, for sure. Him and old Kayla had a heck of a run. So, I mean, yeah. moving on from the American Royal Steer, uh, hit, hit some more of the highlights and, uh, and uh, bring us to present day. Uh, let me see. Then Olivia's won Louisville twice. That would have been, uh, I told you I'm getting terrible with dates, uh, what, 16 and 19? Yep. Is that, uh, let me see. Sounds, that sounds about right. I've, I've missed, I've missed, uh, labeled a couple of, uh, years wrong in the last couple of podcasts, and it's no big deal. I understand that the guy can't always... Then she won Louisville in 16 and 19. She won the State Fair in 17. Cole won the State Fair in 19. That same yep. year, we were pretty lucky that she won the Steer Show with that silver one from Go to Miller. She also won yep. the Heifer Show in our state, the same kid winning. Has both. that, uh, has that uh, ever happened before where the same kid wins the Heifer Show in the Steer Show? Not that I know of. I think I think Guyers maybe had reserve and reserve. I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, or maybe won the heifer show reserve and the steer show. But I yep. think that I think that to, to my knowledge, that's the only time that any kid's ever been friggin' lucky enough to get that pulled off. Mm-hmm. And then she had reserve. Libby ended up last year was her. She decided last year was going to be her last year and had reserve at Kansas City and reserve at Louisville. So she she had a hell of a good run. Where, of course, you know me, I was begging her to keep going. And, you know, I, I asked her two falls ago. I said, you want to do State Fair? What do you want to do? She said, no, I want to try to. I want to end at Kansas City, Louisville, and Denver. And, uh, of course, our main goal was. Oh, to- the modern day. I, I, want to, I want to finish this one off for you. So in your kiddos' senior year campaign, you go reserve at the American Royal, reserve at the uh, Louisville, and uh, 
believe maybe your Phoenix steer, Brandon, ended up showing dang sure should have been or could have been reserved. Just in that top three steers for sure down there in Phoenix. And uh, your steer was just on the outside looking in at Denver this year. I believe he was second in t class to the Grand, correct? Yeah, second in class to the Grand. So she was dang close, which, hey, I'm going to take what I can get. And, and you, you know, when you're competitive, you're mm -hmm. always disappointed when you don't reach your goals. But she's had, sure. she had a hell of a good senior year and an and unbelievable, you know, a run that I would I mean, I would have given my left arm to win one of those shows. <laughs> yeah, you So we'll, we'll take yeah. it and uh, take it and roll. So, uh just, uh, I guess to conclude the show, and if there's anything else you want to add at the end, you're more than welcome to, but, uh, just give the update on where Maddie and, uh, Olivia is in terms of, uh, I think Maddie's got a job and Olivia is in school where? And then what grade is Cole in, in, in terms of his schooling? Go ahead. Yep, uh, Madison is, uh, now working for Lanco, uh, small animal pharmaceutical, uh, enjoying her job living in Perrysburg, Ohio. Olivia just is just getting ready to, well, no, she's officially finished her freshman year at Lakeland Junior College in Mattoon. Uh, she, I think she's going to go ahead and continue, uh, do her next year at Mattoon, and then I think transfer to Oklahoma State, the way it sounds. Yep. Uh, Cole is, Cole is 16, just got his driver's license, and, uh, there you go. That's about where we're at. So Cole's got a few yeah. years left to show. He's got a couple of Angus steers this year, and uh, one for Junior National, one for the Land of Lincoln program at the State Fair. So, Just as a conclusion statement, I mean, this is probably silly to say, but uh, uh, to all you young kids out there that uh, want to be the next Todd Caldwell or uh, Dave Geyer or Steve Bonham, I think the one thing that those guys have in common that uh, allows them to have success is a rock-solid lady at home. So shout-out to your wife one time, Todd Caldwell. Absolutely, absolutely. She uh, she keeps everything even keel, or as even keel as it can be around our place. So, yeah, Kim, uh, Kim does a great job of keeping everything organized and uh, keeping my head on as straight as it can possibly be. And I don't know how straight that is, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, dang sure, uh, have nothing but respect for the three misses in those operations. And I gotta say, I, I, I would be probably a very, a very, my, my life wouldn't be as good as it was without my wife, Michelle. And, uh, I can relate to that. She, uh, keeps things rolling at home and she's built her cow herd up at home and, uh, allows me to go out on the road these insane amount of days. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, an old man thing to say, but I'm get, I guess I'm getting to be an old man. So all you young kids, find yourself a good woman because that's the make or break difference between being a, being a winner and being a not a winner over the long haul. So anyways, uh, appreciate, appreciate your time very much, Todd.